0: The It's a Look podcast is brought to you in partnership with 1528 Webster. 1528 is a space where young companies, freelancers, and artists can grow their ideas, connect, find support, and mentorship. Learn more and apply for an individual or company membership online at www.1528webster.com.
1: And yeah, just buy my shirt, buy my clothes. <laughs> That's it. Yay! You can just wear my shirt. Can I say that? <laughs> <laughs> so, period. Yeah. period.
2: Period.
0: So, as a recap, buy Christopher, <laughs> buy Christopher John Rogers clothing. As a recap, go to At the McMullen Boutique <laughs> and <laughs> buy that shit. Okay. You can also subscribe to the McMullen newsletter as well, and so you can stay hip on all the fresh shit that they're bringing into the city of Oakland, because you're not going to find it nowhere else, booski. Period. <laughs> period. <laughs>
3: You're listening to your two favorite hosts, Frida and Jenna. Do us a couple favors while you're listening to this episode. If you want the first look at all of our new content, join our mailing list. Visit www.itsalookwith.us and drop your email in the newsletter section. Follow us on Instagram. Actually, go ahead and just do it right now. Pull out your phone, go to the Instagram app, and search for itsalookwith.us. Hit that follow button. We promise you're going to enjoy this episode and the ones to come. So be sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or the It's a Look website in the About Us section. Lastly, we host live events. Consider this your invitation to the next one. Hugs on site, FMJ. If you listen to volume
0: 17 of It's a Look, a.k.a. A Look Into the Town, which was our Oakland Spotlight episode, you are no stranger to the name McMullen, more specifically, the McMullen Boutique. Now, if you listen to Volume 17, you may also recall me saying in that episode that, quote, one day, one day, my slim, thick ass is going to be in these clothes. I promise you this. End quote. That was me. For those of you who are not hip, the McMullen Boutique is a luxury women's fashion boutique located here in Oakland on Broadway between 23rd Street and West Grand Avenue. Now, when we dropped that episode in June, I was speaking life into existence. I was forecasting. I was prophesizing. I had a vision. You can call me that so Frida.
3: In case this is your first time hearing about the power of manifestation, Manifestation. I'm here to tell you, as Frida's friend, it's a real thing. When she said that on the record, she wasn't playing no games. And I'm here to attest to the fact that we did, in fact, do the thing. Slim, thick asses were in the clothes. Now, you may have never heard of McMullen before we brought the store or the name, to your attention on the It's Look podcast. And I would like to argue that you may have never heard of Tamu McPherson or Christopher John Rogers. And that's okay. That's totally fine. Because I'll speak from personal experience. I hadn't heard of them either until a few months ago. But now that I'm hip, now that we're hip, we gonna get you hip. So the following podcast episode is a recap of our experience and time spent with the incredible Sherry McMullen, founder of McMullen Boutique, Christopher John Rogers, and Tamu McPherson.
1: C h r i s t o p h e r J o h n R o g e r s. My name's Christopher. I started my brand, my eponymous label, in 2016.
0: Christopher just dropped a full SAT word on us, eponymous, spelled E-P-O-N-Y-M-O-U-S. What it means? The definition of eponymous is something or someone that gives its name to something else, meaning Christopher John Rogers is Christopher John Rogers' name. Christopher John Rogers is also name of his brand and label. Hello?
1: I always knew that I wanted to have my own brand um, ever since I was young, Um, I knew that I really had a strong and specific point of view and that it was centered, that the people that I was trying to center with the work were maybe not spoken to in the way that I was trying to speak to them. So with that collection, I really wanted to set the groundwork for myself by demonstrating a strong point of view And then within the next few years, while working full-time jobs, my entire team and I, David, Christina, and Alex, started showing during Fashion Week and presenting the collection to both press and buyers with the hopes of maybe one day being autonomous and being able to really put our point of view out there for people who maybe align with the marginalized or the very specific or the people that really have their own point of view, really. And so that's what we're really trying to do right now. And that I feel like that's what we, we are doing. Um, providing inspiring clothes, clothes with a point of view, clothes with emotion, as opposed to really thinking about how to make a million dollars. It's really about how do we affect the people that are affected by the clothes and how do we give them the tools to self-actualize and self-express and um, be present in the moment. That might sound really cerebral, but that's kind of the mode that I'm always in, you know, and especially being a designer of color, it's like, how do I allow for my work to speak to the specificities and idiosyncrasies of myself and allow for new modes of speaking about the work of black and brown designers?
2: S-H-E-R-R-I-M-C-M-U-L-L-E-N. Sherry McMullen. When I started my business in 2007, Um, you know, I really wanted to create this safe space for women, my grandmother and my aunts and my mother, they've always embraced me and I've always, um, just really looked to them and their strength. And they have really just shown me what it is to be a woman in this world. Um, and when I moved to California, I was working, I was working in, you know, corporate environment and I knew that it wasn't for me, and I knew I wanted to do something on my own. But I wanted to do something to really celebrate women and to honor, um, and to honor women. So when I opened McMullen, that was my focus. And you know, twelve years later, just sort of thinking about the journey and what we have created with the business, it has always been about supporting and empowering women. Um, And being a black woman in this industry and being, you know, one of few doing what I'm doing, I realize my responsibility in this industry. And that is really to support designers like Christopher. Um, And I'm honored to work with, you know, Tamu. And Tamu is my sister. I mean, we connected immediately when we were on a call and she was in Milan and um, we were talking about working together. And we had not met in person we were literally on like a FaceTime call and we just connected and then when I saw her we were just like this you know Um, so I'm so grateful to be able to connect with women like her and designers like Christopher and David um, over these past few years because that's really what it is about it is really about the power of connecting with people that you know you want to work with Um, so I'm so grateful for that and that's That's what I'm doing.
4: T-A-M-U-N-A-I-L-A-H-M-C-P-H-E-R-S-O-N. Tamu Naila McPherson. I I am considered a digital talent, um, and I create content, so I can work as a photographer, I can work as a writer, and then I can do special projects um, all in fashion. My work is informed by my desire to uplift human beings and specifically women of all um, races and and color. I am motivated um, by being of service um, to others because I am extremely, extremely blessed and I have the means to offer myself up As service. So I respond um, to what women specifically and people are looking for. So even though I speak of fashion, and and that's my, I wouldn't say expertise, but that's my passion. um, I'm also, um, I want to speak in Italian, um, (laughs) because I can't remember the word in English. But um, I'm pretty Active in terms of politics um, and um, I think that currently my role is headed in a direction where I advocate more for uh, digital talents of color, female digital digital um, talents of color because of my positioning in Italy and in luxury. So that's what I do.
2: We've all met before but we Tamu and I actually go back about four years Um, we hosted an event together um, in New York actually and we did um, a dinner with another designer that we were both supporting and that was the first connection and then Christopher and I met earlier this year when I saw his collection for fall and then we decided we wanted to do something together so this is the first time for us coming together and doing something together.
0: F is for our first time. F is for fun. So here's the fun part. Here's the things that we're excited to tell you about. Most recently, McMullen Boutique tapped their two favorite muses, a.k.a. your two favorite hosts, for an incredible opportunity to model the spring collection of the CFDA Vogue Fashion Fund winner, Christopher John Rogers. In addition to modeling Christopher John Rogers' spring collection, which is all the rage, okay? Everybody wants it. Everybody's talking about it. Not only did we get to wear the clothes, but we had the incredible opportunity to be photographed by digital creator Tamu McPherson. Okay, she
3: puts the fierce in McPherson. We had discussed this commitment for months, and then all of a sudden it was here. My calendar was populated with a three day collaboration, a Monday to Wednesday commitment with the gang. So when she said we were doing it together, she wasn't playing. Here's a breakdown of our three days Day one, a six hour photo shoot captured by the one and only Tamu McPherson at Oakstop's second location on 14th Street, downtown Oakland. Shout out to Oakstop, though. The space was filled with Christopher John Rogers' beautiful garments, our collective energy, and a supportive team of people to work with. Day two. Frida and I attended the McMullen and All the Pretty Birds dinner experience. This was a private seated dinner for some of McMullen's premier clients at 1544 events on Broadway. DJ Red Corvette set the vibe, Vogue dancers pulled up. And so did you girls, FNJ. Might I add, we were draped in luxury. Frida wore a stunning black Kate dress, complimented by baby's breath flowers graciously tucked in her TWA. I wore a Nina Ricci pinstripe blazer, but as a dress, though. Phew, this blazer! Attached to the right shoulder of it were two long pieces of material that I ever so gently wrapped around my head. This blazer was complemented by a pair of heels. Now, if you know me, you know I never, ever have my second toe in a heel. I prefer a tennis shoe or a platform at best, so you know I was stepping out. Day three. The Christopher John Rogers Trunk Show at McMullen Boutique. Frida and I modeled pieces from Christopher John Rogers' spring collection. Now that you've heard what those three days look like, you completely understand when I say it was a hands-on experience. And that means it was all hands-on deck. We presented the incredible Christopher John Rogers to the city of Oakland. A warm welcome, if you will. How does it feel to be a part of this momentous moment, and in Oakland, of all places.
1: I will say it's amazing to have two of the women that I've watched online, right, because I'm, like, of the Instagram generation that I've admired from afar. Here, present in this moment is really inspiring, and I feel really grateful that uh, they're both very supportive of the brand and of me and of what we're all trying to do. So I'm excited, yeah. feels great.
4: It's truly magical in the sense that I I studied something different. I worked in a different field, and I have a singular story that I had to kind of experience on my own in Italy. So connecting with uh, Sherry and Christopher, I'm also really observing their journey in the sense of how they developed their business. Like I wish that I could have interacted with either of them 10 years ago, 15 years ago. So, I am super focused on their stories and I am extremely I'm extremely enthusiastic and and, and impressed and inspired by the way that both have independently built their business and how they've used their resources to build their business and how they have really honored their friends and family in building their businesses and how they continue to really be enterprising in in furthering their business. And that's really exciting because all of that energy is included in this moment, which is a great moment for designers of color, for artists of color, for photographers of color, and... Knowing how resourceful we are as a people and knowing that we have always deserved to be acknowledged and we weren't, it's quite exciting to the point where it just makes me feel high, you know? And Sherry and I are (laughs) going (laughs) to cry. We're going to (laughs) cry. You're going to cry, too.
0: As I listen to Sherry and Tamu giggling on the track, It takes me back to the day of our photo shoot. There was so much laughter and joy and playfulness between everyone in the room. Tamu, Sherry, and Christopher were all so encouraging and kind, and they were all instantly proud of us. In addition to being good and humble souls, they're also incredible business people. And I really want us to highlight the fact that Jenna and I were in the presence of three black owners of luxury fashion businesses. It's important for us to highlight that because in American history, black people weren't allowed to live in luxury, let alone design it, curate it, or create it. What's incredible to me was that all of our guests began with such humble beginnings they learned about fashion through family, and by no means did their entry point into fashion begin with luxury.
1: I've just always been interested in like in art and aesthetics and expressing myself, and fashion was just one of the most immediate ways to do that. My dad would always go to the thrift store, and he would look at, I don't know, plates and old paintings and furniture, and then he would be like, hey, let's go look at these clothes. I was always really bothered by like wearing old clothes, things. So I was never really, I was always kind of like, it it was interesting to me, but I didn't, I was scared to like explore. As I started going to school and growing into middle school, my friends would actually want to go to thrift stores and find things to express themselves on the weekends and accessible ways to express themselves with clothes. So whether it was, you know, going to the thrift store or looking at the way that people dressed on Disney Channel, or at the time I was on Live Journal, I was on Tumblr, I was looking at um, ways that people in Copenhagen and South Africa and Dubai, whatever, were were dressing. All of these different things were the means for me to start really getting interested in fashion, just because my family wasn't really fashion-oriented. There was, like, school picture day, or if we were going to church, or if there was a birthday or something, we would go and buy something nice from, you know, Macy's or uh, whatever specialty stores were around, but it was never anything super expensive or super luxurious how whatever that that really means but yeah so that was like my first introduction to fashion and anime comic books painting just like really wanting m- me to find ways that I could express myself really
2: definitely say my mom and my aunts um and my grandmother they all influenced me in fashion I mean my mother wouldn't leave the house without wearing lipstick my mom was always in a dress I think i've only seen her in jeans maybe twice so i never really wore jeans growing up i mean the women just in that time they just dressed up you know my mom wore hats and also we we went to church um several times a week growing up so i just remember seeing like the women in church with the big hats and i think that also influenced me Um, you know, growing up in the Midwest and the South, that is just, you just got dolled up for church. Um, You know, the gloves, the hats, the dresses, the suits, the brooches, the jewelry, the lipstick, all of it. Um, So I'm sure that was the big influence for me.
4: My influence was definitely my mom and my aunt. Um, I'm the only child in our family. I had a older cousin who died when we were infants. And so they just poured all of their creative energy into me. And I, my mom and my aunt both migrated to the United States, Um, obviously from, from Jamaica to pursue a better life. And what was always so interesting is that they really had come from humble, humble, humble means, but they were super interested in, I don't know, I felt like maybe I was like a doll baby for them because I remember pictures of myself Um, in like velvet dresses with like white socks with the lace in Jamaica with like, you know, my hair, I didn't have a hairline, but my hair, what hair I had combed up (laughs) into like a bun with like a cluster of pearls. And, but I don't know, they were like basically working hard to buy these little things for me, but they weren't definitely not luxury. They were probably going into those dress shops that existed back then in the 80s. And they would then document the outfits. So, like, they would take pictures of me all day long and, like, comb my hair and, like, just change the looks. And then my aunt, who became an accountant, she she had no, like, tr- you know, artistic training, but she would make my dresses. And so... I don't know if you guys experienced this in your homes when your, you know, aunts were making your dresses. It was like a two-day event. So she would be there. There would be eating. There'd be, like, watching TV. Then she'd get back on the sewing machine. But she made me really fantastical dresses. Like, one was, like, an orange linen dress, and she applied florets to it. She had no training. (laughs) And a balloon skirt because it was the 80s. Then <laughs> it came out really well. That's cute cute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's then, yeah, I know. Yeah, and that's what I thought of you because the color combo was great. Then, like, she made another dress that was like skinny and fab out of like a, a brocade, and then it had like I don't know what you would call this, Christopher, but it had a brooch neckline, and then this was cut out. So she made that. Then she made me a knockoff of a Isaac Mizrahi dress that I saw Naomi wearing in. So this was like my reality very you know humble family that loved style like many um families of color Mm -hmm. love style Mm -hmm. couldn't afford anything you know on fifth avenue for sure but we could aspire to Mm -hmm. you know you would have heard of a chanel definitely Mm -hmm. you would have heard of a gucci Gucci, Mm -hmm. definitely but not your world Uh, and we had information like dapper dan you know but we i couldn't even never go in there and get anything because those were custom pieces you know And then that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, a period of time where you're then, you know, absolutely able to, like, participate. Mm-hmm. It's a treat to
2: get a coach bag or oh, Duny and Berg, talk about, right? Talk, okay. talk, talk about, about it. bag, right? Dooney and Berg. Yeah. Yeah. Duny like, Yes. My mom
3: bought yeah, some coach shoes. Mm-hmm. In yeah. high school, my mom bought some <laughs> coach shoes. Yes.
1: I was just... And you, and you were yeah. the only girl with Literally, the shirt that right? I was
3: wearing those coach shoes. Exactly. Yeah. It's 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 just interesting Sherry when you were speaking. Uh it made me think about my mom because I never saw my mother leave the house without lipstick mm-hmm. on, you know. My mom pajama day was not even a good day to wear pajamas to school, right? <laughs> right like right. we were You're not able me. to leave the house in sweats or anything, right? And and this as you said Tamu this participation, right? We were always we've always been participating. Um in our own ways and expressing ourselves in our own ways. My question for you, Sherry and for you, Christopher is, uh, when was your first mama? I made it moment. And maybe you haven't had it yet. If you haven't had it yet, um, what will that moment look like for you?
1: I guess for me, um, the most recent one was when we, so after our fall, uh, 2019 show, Um, We showed in in SoHo, and we had a great turnout. Um, People were very interested in the work that we were doing, and um, we had really great write-ups. But the most um, amazing thing for me during that time was um, Michelle Obama's stylist reached out to us after the show, um, and she had seen photos of this hot pink LOREX suit that we whipped up for the collection. And she reached out and said that she wanted, um, she wanted to know if we were interested in dressing Michelle, as she as she said, and so or or Lady M or something. So I was like, um, yeah, of course. Um, and I was trying to like act all cool and calm, and inside I was like freaking out because this was not only for me and my team a measurable mark, but the people back home. Like maybe they don't know about the CFDA, or they're not sure exactly who like. X, Y, and Z at Vogue is that responded to my email, but they know who who Michelle is and that she has a point of view and that she is self-assured and she's intelligent and she's smart, but she also really loves expressing herself with clothes. So um, we talked for a few months and we ended up making her this really beautiful, like bluish, celadonish, um, cyan blue Lurex uh, situation. And she ended up wearing it on the last day of her book tour, which also happened to be Mother's Day. Um, and so when I told my mom about it, she was freaking freaking out. and like for my whole family it was like okay, like you're actually doing work that we can like identify with in a way, um, or you know, we, it makes sense for us um, to us. So for me, that was like a really great moment. Um, and it felt really full circle just because I always used to look at the Michelle Obama lookbooks on New York or the cut or New York mag and like would see that she was wearing, like, Isabel Toledo and Essie Mizrahi and Narciso Rodriguez and all of these amazing designers. And so for her to wear me felt like, okay, I guess we're, we're, like, headed in the right direction.
2: I would say when I hit the the 10-year mark of McMullen is when I had this moment, like, damn, okay, you know, I've been doing this for 10 years, like, on my own, we've made it. Um... And I think for so many years, I was just checking the box like, okay, we hit five-year mark or we have moved into another location, check, move on. And I said, when I hit the 10-year mark, I was like, you know what, I'm going to celebrate this moment. I'm going to actually take the time to just reflect on what just happened over the last 10 years because it was like crazy, you know, the ups and downs, the, the wonderful moments, those moments when I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to make another season how am I going to make another season? And you know, literally calling my family and crying and saying, "I don't know if I'm going to make another season," but we always made it through. Um, and then when I hit that that ten year mark, and and Tamu was out for it, and I was like, "I'm going to take this time. I'm going to celebrate it and honor this because we've done something pretty, pretty incredible here."
3: It's interesting to listen to both Sherry and Christopher's response to this question because Christopher is in his 20s, Sherry's in her 40s. And what quantifies their mama I made it moments are so different, but so similar. You know, you find these moments of pride. You find these moments of recognition, these moments of, of value. And I say that personally for myself because I, I'm thinking about that question. And I'm like, have I reached my mama I made it moment? Yes, sure. I've been written about in papers and it's like all of the joy when it happens, you know, but what will be that moment where I not only did I make myself proud, I realized I made my mother proud. I realized I made my my ancestors proud, my legacy proud. And I guess I pose that question to you as well as you're listening to this podcast. Have you reached your mama? I made it moment yet. And if you have, have you pat yourself on the back? Have you congratulated yourself? Have you celebrated yourself for doing that? And if not, what is that moment? Nail it down so that when you reach it, you know what to do. I'm smiling as I record this because I know my moment is coming.
0: I know I haven't made my uh, Mama, I made it moment yet because my bank account ain't saying Mama, I made it. My bank account is saying Mama, you got a 20? (laughs) but I think in this time of my life working with little is allowing me to be more creative I think scarcity and uncertainty are sometimes some of the most powerful creative fuels that we have and as a designer Christopher John Rogers had much to say about designing luxury with limited resources For Christopher, how do you go about designing luxury looks if you don't already have access to the finest fabrics?
1: For me, I've always had to be frugal when making things. So when I first started making collections in middle school and high school, I would go to Hobby Lobby and buy poly poly chiffon. I would buy upholstery fabrics that looked like 80s jacquards. I would look at the things that were inspiring me and try try to find similar energies in things that I could afford to make the the look out of so I kind of have kept that same energy moving forward into making the most recent collections even though now we do have access to Italian fabrics and factories that can make things to a higher level than I could myself it's really just about again having an aesthetic having a point of view and finding a way to match that aesthetic to the things that you have around you really just being creative and being inspired and not having limits to what you can make yourself, you know, whether it's a look, whether it's an outfit, whether it's a, a garment. And also for me, like, in school, because I didn't always have the money to buy the silk, I would make up for the quality of fabric with the quality of construction and innovation. So if, you know, the inside needed to have boning or if we needed to add a bunch of can-can or tool or, or whatever to create volume or French seaming, like, really just really kind of making up for... Um, what we didn't have, or what I didn't have, with what with what I do have.
3: I want to ask you, Chris, specifically. It sounds like you know you graduated in twenty sixteen from school. You've been out for three years. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, <laughs> crazy how that works. Uh, so when you, I mean, and you may say that you're still beginning your 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 journey in the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, when you began, what kind of validation were you looking for? Yeah. Uh, and now that you're kind of in it, um, what 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 are you looking for now? How how can folks how how would your work further be validated in this industry?
1: So I guess when I started, I was really just trying to make noise. Right, um, I didn't have the access to put my collection in showrooms or to have all of the buyers' information in front of me or even all of the. The people in editorial, so I thought that the easiest way would be to get attention from people online, right? So we created collections, the first two collections were really just editorial experiments and aesthetic experiments and really just trying to to nail down our point of view. So I was really looking for validation from, I guess, the fashion crowd and people who really had um, access and influence to the public in a way. And now I feel that I'm trying to not give validation, but really to service the people that are interested in the work because for so long it existed only online or only on Instagram, or only on our website. And one thing that David told me when we first started was, you know, we don't want this to be an Instagram brand. We don't just want it to be something that people double tap and have a visual feast So then we started doing presentations and then inviting people to see the clothes in person. And then um, we just closed market and the collection will be available at McMullen. So really for me, it's really about the customer having access to the clothes. And I want them, I want to hear feedback from them. How does it fit? Um, How do you like the fabrics? How do you like the cut? Like, does it make you feel the way that I intend for the clothes to make you feel? The next experience that I want to have is really like interacting with the people that are making this possible for me, right? The people that buy the clothes. I am in the clothes. So, yeah.
0: So, Sherry, you caught wind of Christopher, it sounds like, early. Because somehow, he, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you will be, the McMullen Boutique will be the first place people will be able to buy this collection. Is that correct? It's a big deal. And they want it. Talk to us about what it means to have Christopher's collection in McMullen Boutique
2: I've been watching Christopher for the past year, and I see a lot of collections every year. I, you know, I'm in market in you know New York four times a year, Paris, Europe four times a year, and I see a lot of product, and I see a lot of designers. But when I saw Christopher's collection, I mean, I'm always looking for collections that actually move me, you know, where I'm, like, inspired. And I know pretty much right away that my customers are going to feel that same way Um, because I think our customers here in Oakland, I mean over the years we have built this family and we have clients who have been supporting us from day one. Um, We have a lot of those clients and so they trust that what we're bringing to the store is, a you know, a designer who is special, who is producing in a way that is responsible. And um, there's just something really magical about what they're doing. So, you know, I think over the last few years, I've sort of shifted my mix from, you know, when I started in 2007, I was buying like true contemporary designers. So a lot of designers that were... You know, in the market already. So we had quite a few. And then we moved into a little bit of more of an edgier mix. And then I just started thinking over the years, like, who do I really want to have represented in the store? And also, why can't I find more designers of color, specifically black designers in the US? Um, because I know that there's so much talent out there, but it's just hard to find. I mean, you go to the showrooms and you might see one black designer and it's like somewhere in a very small space in the showroom and then no one can tell you about that designer. Um, and also when I started, there was no social media. So Instagram didn't exist. So we were basically building our business from you know, going to market and hoping we were going to discover that way or magazines Um You know, really relying on showrooms to help us find those designers because we couldn't find them on the web. Um, But over the last few years, we've been able to discover designers through Instagram and through, you know, other places. Um, But when I saw Christopher's collection, I was moved and I was like, I know that people need to see his work And also, like, why isn't he in any stores? Mm -hmm. Like, he should be. And that's a story that I find with a lot of designers of color. You know, it's kind of that same, like, how do I get access to buyers? You know, if we're not in a showroom, how are people going to see me? Um, So it's important for me and for McMullen to be able to showcase those designers that are so talented, but they can't find a place to showcase their work and I know our customers want to buy it because they want to support and they've seen it on Instagram and they've seen it um, but they don't know how to buy it so they can now get it at McMullen which we're really excited about when I opened McMullen there were there there weren't places to really shop um, after I Magnum closed in the in the 90s Um, you know, I want it to bring high fashion back to Oakland because people here, they want to support. People who live here, they want to spend their dollars in the community that they live in, and that's very important to, I think, most people who live in Oakland. And I find that people from all over the world are bypassing San Francisco, and they're coming right to Oakland um, because there is this magic that is here in this city you feel it with the arts community and the 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 food scene the fashion the way people express themselves I mean it's just a great place to grow up um and have your business and raise your family
3: what message would you like to share for it can be black folks or folks of color who are interested in working in the world of editorial fashion um so for you christopher specifically you know for designers of color who are interested in getting into luxury fashion for you sherry you know it's like to yeah i mean to be a business owner in luxury fashion for you to be a digital creator what message what advice would you give um folks who want to Be in these seats one day.
1: For me, I would say really just listen and pay attention to all of the nuances that make you different. All of the things that you love that maybe other people aren't attuned to or don't focus on. So for me, it's true occasion wear, high evening that can be applicable today, whatever that means. And just exploring that. So whatever it is for you as a person of color that An experience that you have that no one else can speak to. Um, I would also say work, work, work. Work your butt off. Stay up if you have to and research and find people that you can message. even on Whether it's Instagram or email, just reach out to as many people as you can. And stay humble and just continue to work hard and grind and do what you need to do to get where you want to be, I'd say.
2: I would say... So my, my background is, is in business, so I studied business in school before I open, opened my business and did the corporate route um, before starting McMullen. When people ask me, you know, I want to do exactly what you're doing, how do I get there? And they're in school, and they're like, I want to own my own business. So I always share that if you want to do what I'm doing, take some business courses um, do internships with companies like McMullen or even some of the designers that you enjoy, um, that you look to and get the experience first and take business courses, if especially if you want to be a buyer. If you because so much of what we do is like the creative is wonderful and that is the biggest part of why I love this industry. But there's also the business side. I mean, you have to be able to analyze your business, you have to make sure that your business is profitable. And you don't want to rely on your accountants to do all of that. You want to be able to look at a financial report and know that, you know, your business is good, or something's not right, you need to make some changes. So I would say, um, definitely someone wanting to go into the industry to take some courses in that.
4: Really important as Christopher um, noted, you have to really, really work hard. You have to, you have to stay focused. That's really important. You have to be consistent. That's really important. And as a digital creator doing what I do, you have to engage with your community and your community online and offline. Online, you are offering whatever it is that you um, focus on to your supporters and your readers. And i always think of my my audience as a woman that i can help and i always say to my team i don't care what we're talking about if the lipstick makes her feel better make sure you pick the correct lipstick and make sure it's the best most fabulous thing because everything is important in your life you know um so that's the one thing and then listen to Your audience. The reason why I'm here in this iteration and I can keep evolving is because I react directly to what I'm hearing in my own way, but um, I definitely listen and pay attention to, because it also. Is a reflection of interests and needs at the moment so really pay attention and interpret um do not be afraid to fail do not be afraid to say stupid things do not freak out when you misspell your name because you're gonna do it like literally it's it's okay the one thing is that always maintain your authenticity and that is hard. It's easy for some. It's more difficult for others. But try very hard to be who you are, because at the end of the day, you're not going to be satisfied if you're trying to be something else. You're just going to be chasing this thing that isn't meant to be because it's not you. And in terms of um, working within your community, there, for me, the women who are working today are amazing and they are so prepared and i i like look at them and i'm like they're more prepared than i am and they're like you know they're they're waking up every day they're creating their content they are creating more opportunities for themselves um and they are actually showing like pure joy like i think we're here to lift people up and i think that's thing if you live in gratitude and if you are trying to help someone else then you will find your way because that will make you happy you know and that at the end of the day that's what we want to do you know
0: i'm wondering um speaking of showing love spreading love and lifting people up who are some black people in the industry that you want to give a shout out to you want to send them their love and your blessings
2: beth ann hardison Beth Ann Hardison is, she is an activist. Um, she is a big supporter of black people in the industry in art and fashion and photography and content. And um, and I um, had the privilege of meeting her at a show maybe seven years ago at uh, Tacoon show. And I looked at her and I was like who is this woman with such presence? I didn't know who she was, but I would always see her at shows. And I went to her and I said, I just want to introduce myself. I always see you at shows and you just have such a presence about you. And she said, what's your name? And I said, Sherry McMullen, I have a store. And she was like, where's your store? I said, it's in Oakland. She said, I'll have to come visit you. She said, my name is Beth Ann Hardison and you'll know me. I said, okay, Mm -hmm. yeah. She's an amazing woman.
1: Yeah,
2: What she's doing for everyone in this industry. It's pretty incredible.
1: For me, I'd say black designers who have inspired me for so long, some of them are no longer with us today. I mean, like Patrick Kelly, um, Tracy Reese, uh, Lawrence Steele, who now does men's at Marnie, Kirby, Jean Raymond, who does Pierre Moss. He's a, a good friend of mine. I don't know. I mean, everyone, like Marjan Carlos, um, a good friend of mine, Lindsay Peoples-Wagner, who actually, who's the editor-in-chief of Teen Vogue, and she actually wrote me my letter of recommendation for the Fashion Fund this past year. So her support allowed me to enter new spaces, so I'm grateful to that. And just kind of everyone in the industry who's been supportive of me and, and my work and really putting on their efforts to further my positioning in this industry, so... I'm sure I'm leaving people out, but there's there's so many names, there's you many know. Names. Yeah.
4: I want to agree to everyone that mm-hmm. you guys have named. I would I would also mention, um, um, Law Roach, yeah, I love Roach. Mm-hmm. yeah Jason Rembert, yes. um, Lacey Redlaw Redway, mm-hmm. excuse me, um, Tracy Ellis Ross. Mm-hmm. I would mention. Uh, I think uh, it's funny because. All these people do such important mm-hmm. work. Samira Nassar. Um mm-hmm. yes, there. Who else could we mention? Elaine. Elaine. Mm-hmm. Elaine Welteroth. Mm-hmm. Shiona Torini. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exact. I would. I would also like to mention um, Beyonce and Solange. Yeah. And Zarina. Mm -hmm. Um, Zendaya. Yeah. I mean, these, um, the entertainers on our list, I feel like they're also, they're amplifying. And by supporting... Designers of color, I believe they amplify um, their reach, right, and they give them exposure. That's really important. Mm-hmm. And I feel like many of the these entertainers are super supportive, and you see it, you see it behind the scenes when you find out, like they've given you a, they've given a good word for you or something mm-hmm. like that. And that's how they operate. Yeah, there, there are many, yeah. many more, and we maybe need some more coffee or something. Yeah. But we
1: love, <laughs> we love them
4: all, and. Um, I want to, like, thank them for seeing us. hmm yeah. Right? Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. For seeing and supporting us. Well. Yeah. Yes. it's one thing to just, like, like a photo or to, like, make a comment. But it's another thing to follow up on an email or to schedule a call or mm-hmm. to meet someone in person for coffee and just, mm-hmm. you know, hash things out and give advice. So that's always really important. And th- those are also things that maybe aren't posted online, you know. Mm-hmm. And there's so much that goes on behind the scenes that goes on to encourage, that we do to encourage each other and provide each other opportunities and spaces to grow and express ourselves and build businesses. And yeah, so, so many people. So many that are <laughs> so,
4: so generous with themselves. Mm-hmm. It's really heartwarming how generous we are behind mm-hmm. the scenes. It, it, it kind of blows my mind every time how mm-hmm how we do look out for each other considering that sometimes people don't think that that's the way it is but it is really Mm -hmm. that way Mm -hmm. in the vein of being seen and supported um,
3: for the folks that listen to this podcast how can they support your work how can they get behind you what can they do outside of like and comment that will um, both see validate and support you further
2: supporting mcmullen means that you are supporting designers um you're supporting the hard work of the designers that we're bringing in the store you're supporting the people who work in our store Mm -hmm. um because you know we're employing people who live in the community um and i think that just goes for support of all local businesses which is just really really important
4: um so support us. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
4: Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Well, so I'm media, so support my website and my social media platforms, but definitely support other women of color who do what I do.
1: And yeah, just buy my shirt, buy my clothes. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Yay! You can just wear my
3: shirt. Wear my shirt. <laughs> so,
0: period. period. The three-day experience we were a part of was a vibe. It was a vibe because it was the epitome of black excellence. We were cast to model by the McMullen team, a black-owned luxury women's fashion boutique. We were dressed in Christopher John Rogers, a black male designer specializing in true occasion wear and high evening, darling. We were photographed by Tamu McPherson, digital creator, international all-star, and chief lover of all the pretty birds. And of course, the looks were modeled by Frida and Jenna, AKA your two favorite hosts, AKA It's a Look. <sighs> Three words to describe this experience I'm proud of this experience, I'm motivated by this experience,
3: and I feel awakened by this experience. It's always assumed that I am into fashion. And I'm just like, I just hang out on the fringes. Like, let's be real. My partners definitely used to dress me. They treat me like a baby doll. (laughs) My ex-boyfriend literally used to pick out my outfits. So I'm at a point in my life where it's like, yes, fashionable partner. Fashionable partner. I need that. And Jenna Dominique, what do you want to do with fashion? Do you want to be a stylist? Do you want to be a designer? Do you want to continue to model? How do you want to show up? So I'm grateful for this introduction and I'm grateful for these open arms to the industry because I know that some folks may not experience this. And I'm so elated that I got to experience luxury in this way, surrounded by folks who look like me and who see me. Please do us the honor of
0: continuing to support and see the incredible individuals you've learned about today. Follow them, support them, and share their work because they're doing incredible things. To start off, the McMullen Boutique, you can follow them on Instagram at McMullen. That's shop, M-C-M-U-L-L-E-N. You can also follow their CEO and founder, Sherry McMullen, at sherry, S-H-E-R-R-I,
2: dot McMullen, M-C-M-U-L-L-E-N.
0: As for Christopher John Rogers, you can find him on Instagram at Christopher John Rogers.
1: C-H-R-I-S-T-O-P-H-E-R-J-O-H-N-R-O-G-E-R-S.
0: And lastly, but certainly not least, please follow Tamu McPherson.
4: You can follow her individual account
0: at Tamu McPherson.
4: T-A-M-U-M-C-P-H-E-R-S-O-N.
0: And you can also follow... All the pretty birds at All the Pretty Birds Official. Thank you. Yes.
4: Yes. Thank you for Thank spreading you for your be- light. <laughs> Yesterday's shoot yes. was incredible. You were so fabulous. Wow. Oh my God. Wow. wow you were wow. so fabulous. Thank you. You know. Thanks for preparing the way you did. I really appreciate that.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. Y'all didn't know, but we were
4: in the fitting room, we were practicing. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. And move. Oh. Right. Yes. Oh my God. We've got Already. some. Off. I'm I'm framing one thing, I already know. I'm putting it in the kitchen.
3: In the kitchen? Yeah. I'm coming to visit. I'm going to be in the kitchen with you. <laughs> <laughs>
4: I'm going to have
0: to
3: pull up the Italian and be in the kitchen for real for a dinner. Okay. We I already have that one,
4: like I know. <laughs> right. We're Beautiful.
3: What's good, y'all? It's your girl, Jay, with some exciting news to share with you. This year is all about doing the things you've never done before, right? One way that I'm doing this is by building my first interactive installation at Some of Us Festival. You heard that right. May 15th through 17th, I'll be at the Modesto Reservoir Campground for the first wellness festival for women, trans, and non-binary folks. Basically, fluid peeps like moi. And to top it off, I'm premiering an interactive art piece. Some of Us Festival exists to empower and evolve the woman, trans, and non-binary community through connection, wellness, and education. They'll have beach parties, a silent disco, a body-positive catwalk, amazing performers, panels, and wellness workshops to help you become the best version of yourself. Personally, I'm going for the massage therapists, self-love classes, healing meditation, and dance therapy. I'd advise you to do one of two things. Purchase a ticket for Some of Us Fest and start the preparation now so you can attend. Or hit me up directly to see if you can join in our eight-person premium camp spot. Tickets are limited and going quick, quick. Again, that's May 15th through 17th. Come out to support your girl and more importantly, your fluid self. Visit someofusfest.com for more. See you there, Jenna.